What's going on, everybody? This is Megasheen, your bi-weekly podcast for all things gay and geeky from a queer Black perspective. I'm Nick. And I'm Victor. And we are finally over election. Thank you, God. Yes, they announced today 306 for Biden. Yeah, three, what was it, 306 to 232? Mm-hmm. Almost the same as what it was four years ago. Yep. It's funny oh, how Karma can do that. Landslide, as um, Kellyanne Conway claimed last year, well, last year, four years ago. Uh, oh, Helter Skelter? Yeah. <laughs> she looking like a poltergeist demon. Yeah, so. She looks, oh my gosh, she does. Yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> she does. And I forgot who it was. Like, she is, like, she's younger than Kamala Harris. And I'm like, ooh. Because Kamala is like 54. And I'm like, ma'am. That is, see, white <laughs> people don't age good. They just age like bruised fruit. Mm-hmm. And I think what uh, Stephen Miller is like thirty five. Yeah, like he's a he's a year younger than me, and oof, <laughs> my god, evil, whiteness mm-hmm. and evil is not a good concoction. Well, that would be like the redundant, but <laughs> you. Uh, anyway, how have you been doing? I am doing good. Um, you know, with the news. And you know, it's funny, it's been happening on Fridays. Yeah, have you noticed that like last Friday, it was, you know, kind of the announcement that Joe was going to basically win. And then today it was like confirmed, basically. Um, but you know, I was just doing good, um, you know, um, just trying to stay above it all. Mm-hmm. Um, working, working on a manuscript. I'm almost done with it. I'm trying to do the epilogue, epilogue. I can't even never say that word. I'm trying to do that. And that's the hardest thing to do. I, did, I I think I said this before, but ending a story is harder than starting the story. It's, it's always hard. So that's just been the thing. But, and all, you know, good. Trying to, you know, feel good. It's getting colder here in Los Angeles. Uh, yes, it is. Did you see I'm wearing my, one of these cheap sweat jackets? Oh, because it's like just unnecessarily a little cold out um but you know cold for y'all it's like 60 degrees and y'all want to get like the bubble jackets out wait a minute now it's 60 well it's 67 right now 60 but yeah we are by the ocean and so that's why we get all that um because tonight is going to be cold when i go out tonight so it's going to be hold on where are you going out tonight aren't y'all it better not be to no place. No, I'm not. No, no, no. It, it's my Friday night drive. I do a Friday night drive all over Los Angeles to get out of the house. It's, it gives you that feeling that you're going somewhere, but you're really not. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say. No, I mean, you can, like, get out and walk around. Like, I think, you know, some of y'all who follow me on Twitter, I posted pictures up of being in Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills have kind of changed. Like, Rodeo has made spots. For people to take pictures and stuff in nowadays but you know mm-hmm. kind of go and walk around different places um you know just to get out of the house because you want to get out but it seems like we might be going through another lockdown um 
which if they do it here, just, just take the bars away. That's what's really causing the problem. Just take away the bars. Right. Leave Target and all them alone because we need a place to go. I mean, I need to go Excellent. somewhere. Right. I actually need to do, uh, put in an order for Target while I'm lying. <laughs> but I'm saying, keep the grocery store. Some, I saw someone yesterday walk around. They had a big buggy of toilet paper and paper towels. I'm like, ma'am, it's not that serious. It wasn't that serious when we did it the first time. So I was like, it's not. Like, why do people buy so much toilet paper? Like, are you are you shitting that much? Yeah, I'm like, what are y'all doing? You have like constant diarrhea. You might need to consult your physician then. <laughs> and if it's about blowing your nose, I, I still don't know why they even do all that. I, just, I don't know. But paper towels, I, I, I really don't get that one either. I try to get that one, but no, because I bought a, a big, you know, the big eight ply. Mm -hmm. And we took almost two and a half months to get rid of it. So I'm like, well, then what was, you know, the point is like, what's the point? Unless you have a family, maybe that's it. Cause it maybe it's like right. eight of them in the house. Okay. Well, eight know, is enough. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe because they all had to quarantine. Everybody was in the house. And, and so, then everybody was like on what fiber supplements. <laughs> like it was a constant flow of just shit everywhere. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I would never forget that day when I saw I was in the store and this man had, I should have took a picture of it, but I was too embarrassed for him. He had a, 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 a carton of fleet and toilet paper and a, oh. a musel. I was like, so I was thinking either you're shopping for yourself or you're shopping for, you know, a studio. Cause y'all might be still filming. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I was just like, you are pridefully walking around the store, all that fleet, knowing that we know what that's what that's all about. But right, <laughs> but it could have been a poor hospital. You never know. That's or, true, like or a nursing home, something like that. But it just didn't look like that. But um, it just kind of looked like mm, okay. But hey, y'all, if it was like that, y'all better make sure you you find your particular one. You know, we had. That free time where y'all can, you know, get on your little apps and find your little three people that you should be hooking up with. And you just single it down to one because you go to lockdown. Right. It's a wrap. <laughs> just saying. Just do that. And also be mindful of your roommates. If you have roommates, don't be sneaking men in after dark because that means all of y'all can get it. So I'm just saying. Exactly. Oh goodness, Nick! What what's going on with you? Um, let's see. Not a fucking thing. <laughs> not not much. Um, finished well, as far as I'm concerned. Finished the uh, girlfriend <laughs> series. Uh, seven and season seven and eight don't exist to me. Um. What else? And I, you know what? I, cause <laughs> let's just get down to it because I have some words for those last few episodes. Because um, Joan was getting on my fucking nerves. Actually, Joan got on my nerves the whole series in general. But that last stretch, Joan really got on my nerves. And I was so glad that Wayne Brady's character let her hold it at that party, which was whack. That, uh, whoever party that was, that was wiggity wiggity whack. Mm -hmm. um, 
And she had the audacity to come up in that uh that party wearing that dress. That dress was ugly. First <laughs> of all, the only thing that was cute about it was that color. Other than that, that was hideous, and she didn't have no business wearing that dress. Number one. Number two. Um, the way that she treated Tony really pissed me off. And I know it was written for her to be that way towards her. Mm-hmm. And like that that episode where um, Joan had bought that car and she was like, oh, you're going to be excited when I, uh, she was talking to Tony, you're going to be excited when I come because uh, she was supposed to watch Morgan while mm-hmm. Tony showed a house. I'm like, why? If this is your friend from what twenty years or so, why and you know how she is, why would you think that Tony would be excited for a car that you bought for yourself? <laughs> that didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Like and then um once I look back at it, like Maya's would be all throwing her religion around, like the episode where um the Christmas episode where Todd's parents and then uh, Veretta came down and they celebrated Hanukkah and Maya was trying to give Tony the riot act as far as, oh, Morgan needs to be raised Christian. No, Morgan doesn't because the fact of the matter is a lot of you Black Christians are hypocritical assholes at the very least. So the... uh. Todd and Tony had it right, raising, exposing Morgan to both religions, and then later on choosing, let her decide who to choose, if those two religions appeal to her in that's any true. way. That's, like, what, that's what Roxy did to Lenny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was, those were just my little thoughts, and my, I was holding on to that shit. I was talking to, uh, yelling at the screen last night. And the boyfriend was just looking at me like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. No, so it's, you don't true. Get- it's true. I, you know, after I've been, you know, watching it and I'm like, you, it's hard. I, I don't even want to get into the season seven and, and, and eight. Cause I feel like they was just cutting things. It was just being cheap about it. You know, we didn't get the long intro anymore. We wasn't even. Right. Getting- what was that all about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I want, I want the full intro. I want all of it. But, um, you know, it's hard because Joan, Joan, I feel like Joan is a lot of us, you know, when we're dealing with men and we're dealing with ourselves and everything. Tony, we all have a friend who's like Tony. Somebody, we all have somebody. And even we, I've been a Tony at times. Cause you know, somebody- I you, have to. You have I mean, to. I probably still am. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, and you know, I've, in my group, I have a mom, I have a mom. Um, Lynn, Lynn get, get, used to get on my nerves. I'm like, girl, for the fact that you have all these degrees and you still out here begging. I'm like, a part of me, it was always, <laughs> right. how, can you, how can you be in this situation? Because that would drive me crazy if I didn't have a steady paycheck and job in Los Angeles, because this ain't no right. place to play with that. You can play with that in Sandusky, wherever she go. You know, you know, the funny thing is she was- In Bakersville, maybe. Yeah. She was born in, well, her character was born in, uh, what you call it, where all that stuff took place, that racist stuff took place. Fayetteville? No, the, when they were doing the tiki torches. Yeah, Fayetteville. Um, no. No, no. 
Charlottesville. Yeah, that's where she was born. I didn't know that until I was like, oh, she was born in Charlotte. Well, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I was like, maybe in Charlottesville, you can do all that. But I was like, Los Angeles, girl. Like, after, like, you know, watching the show before I moved here, uh, you know, I didn't really think about it. When I got here, I was like, how have you been making it that long? Like that? I mean, maybe a few months. But right. I was like, you know, but like a, five years or whatever it was before, you know, she was getting something steady before she became a manager. And that stuff is true too. If you're a manager of an apartment complex, that's probably the best job you could have here in Los Angeles because you can get your place free or half off. Uh I even thought about doing that as, as a part-time, but I was thinking, no, that means these hoes will be coming asking questions when I don't want to like being bothered. So, but you know, you can do that and that's pretty well. But anyway, you know, yeah, I, I, I feel I feel that because Joan got on my nerves sometimes too. And then she does, yeah, she deserved all of that. She deserved uh, crashing her Porsche. She deserved <laughs> uh, being uh, laid up in your vomit. And I was like, okay, so you sick and all. First of all, you go to a party that you don't have your your phone all the way charged. A party that people that you don't know, and you your your phone is not charged. No, you have to make sure your phone is charged. When you going out, your phone needs to be completely charged. Mm-hmm. Put that shit on low battery or some shit. <laughs> but no, she was trying to be the it girl or whatever, as uh, Lens had uh, told her, uh, told her, and she got her face cracked. And yeah, I I was just. <laughs> don't have just pissed me off yeah well let's remember that pretty much in the first what the first few seasons joan was always in the mix of something because she was telling people stuff that she was be telling people and then causing all of the fallouts so she was always right. in the middle of you know i think about greg and that situation with greg when she told greg greg is still fine now in real life anyway that's true um, when she told Big Booty Greg, and then she stood up there and got Tony in trouble with that, and then the, then everything else again. I'm like, quit telling people stuff. Just stop. Just stop. But then at the same time, Tony was wrong playing those games too. Well, yeah, she was wrong. She was. Um. <laughs> we all been there too. We all try to play a little bit of trying to size up who's going to be beneficial. Sometimes you may lose them all. People still do that. <laughs> well, let's go ahead. Let's let's go ahead and get into the tea because it's been a lot. Um, and we touched a little bit on the on the election, but we'll kind of wrap it up with, you know, as we said, it's pretty much done. Uh, Trump is somewhat coming to terms today. He kind of said what the next administration or whatever. We're, pan out. I was like, the fact that you even said that much means that you're seeing the, you're seeing the writing on the wall. <laughs> I mean, regardless of what he says or what he thinks is going to happen, he's got to get out. He's got a eviction notice coming up. Yeah. He so does. you can walk out or you can get thrown out. And I prefer you get thrown out because I want to fly to the D.C. and watch it. I want to be I'll, I'll pay for that. If he... Yeah, <laughs> I was the that. entourage who do it. I was like, just put me, sign me up. I'll do it for free. 
Right. They got Secret Service got volunteer uh, opportunities. <laughs> I will put on this jogging suit and we will go down there, drag him out, pick up all his stuff. We'll do a Bernadette, go through the mm-hmm. closets. Uh, there's this, uh, um, I'll do like a Bad Girls and uh, throw that <laughs> shit in like the, uh, the pool in his bed like they always do. Oh, yeah, in the Bad Girls Club. They just... <laughs> He has to go, and yeah. and that is what it is. And I, and when you think about what that just really means, that means we'll, that means more stimulus stimulus checks may be coming. Thank goodness. I uh, hope so. Sure. <laughs> that's you know that's coming. They working on stuff. It just feels better to know that that it just won't be any more lunacy. I mean, of course, politics is always crazy, but it won't be like who's the new you know. A person, a secretary of defense, somebody who just live across the street. It won't be somebody. Right. Somebody's <laughs> cousin, uh, Ray Ray, or some shit like that. Yeah, like that little Roy man who basically donated money, and that's how he became over overseeing the, the post office. Oh, the joy, yeah. Yeah, or did you have the Roy? The Roy. Like you watch a bad scene, girl, <laughs> stop. Picking up some nigga. Anyway, I'm just saying this. <laughs> yeah, it's like we won't have that, like the fact that white people this is this is for you the fact that we had four years of just straight up buffoonery Mm -hmm. and y'all got up on the third and said i'm gonna vote for that again that will always be it shouldn't be a surprise but if anybody who doubted white whoever thought that white people may have to change your heart this should have taught you no no they didn't (laughs) because 70 what 72 million voted for this man. I'm sorry, going, what does it take for y'all to just see that this was not, this man was not qualified for the job. Literally was not It's going to take him actually going to come into the house and shooting one of their people. Probably That's what it's so. going to take. Probably so. It's these people who thought Ted Bundy was, was cute. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of interesting to see, like, they thought that was cool to vote for this man again, who kept putting folks in who didn't know what they were doing. Um, that one man he put in to do as an ambassador when, that whole, when the whole impeachment was going off. The only reason why he, was, he got that role because he donated a million dollars to Trump's campaign. Uh-huh. That's how he got it. I'm like, this is not how it's supposed to work, y'all. And then with the fact that they didn't want to give Biden this, the information, I'm like, do y'all remember how 9-11 happened? It's because they didn't have the transfer information correct. If we can, we can literally have another situation like that between the next 69, 68 days. I mean, that's when the nation is most vulnerable. It's during transition periods. Yep. And if you're a smart terrorist, then yeah. not only what I think about causing harm during this period, I would also, you know, just try to disrupt the electrical grid. I would try to disrupt the uh, a water system. Yeah, something yeah. that is. Uh, there was a. Um, I remember one time uh, on Rachel Maddow, there was a story that these people were taking some kind of shots at a California electrical grid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so, um, how they conducted this, whatever this was, was so streamlined 
that the people, uh, investigators said, this wasn't some people, you know, goofing around or whatever. This felt like a trial run. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, so this is a, a prelude to something on down the line. This must have been like maybe three or four years ago, the story. Um, and it had always stuck with me that people don't realize how vulnerable some of these systems that we have are in place. Like, you remember that, uh, the blackout or what was it? 2003, four in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I mean, so it wouldn't be anything just to, you know, do a little airplane and unplug a little, a few wires and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And you know, Rachel's good for finding these stories because she be finding these stories that you'd be like, Wait a minute, man. Exactly. <laughs> and she'll find out, like, she'll tell you, like, they try to get into this. Oh, well, she broke that story about the um, hospitals. That freaked me out a little bit because I was like, they were getting to the, the Russia, I guess it was Russia. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, um, it was ransomware or something. Yeah. And, like, uh, shut the, the hospitals down. I'm like, well. I was like, okay. And it was before, you know, the election. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. need this. I was like, I don't need to hear this. But she's good at getting that stuff down. You know, it's, she's good for that. And I appreciate that about Rachel. Because Rachel be finding these stories. But it'd be detailed stories. It'd be like, you have to pay attention. It'd be like, ooh, mm -hmm. okay, all right. Because she, she gives you receipts. And that's why I appreciate. Right. But that's why, I, but again, it goes back to, again, you have, People like Rachel, you have people like Fox News. Like, if you watch Fox News for two hours, it's amazing how idiotic it is and how you can tell it is. But apparently, people love it. And I'm just like, how y'all sit here and just be. But at the same time, again, we had, you know, they wanted him back in the office. And so, you know, his feelings got hurt. I still laugh at the night of. He said, I still think we won this election and they gonna cheer. I'm like, well, girl, we have, we don't know yet. But if you would have done your job, we wouldn't have to be doing mail-in ballots like we had to do. He literally told his people don't do mail-in yeah, ballots and then was surprised at the result. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you know, most of your folks are old and ain't got no cars. So <laughs> why you set up or them trucks? Well, they can't right. read. So therefore, you got all of that working against him. You should have been trying well, to. He can't read neither. He can, I'm about to say he can't read. <laughs> you should have had Kaylee Ann or whatever her ugly name is sit up there, um, try to teach him how to read first before y'all talk about don't vote. Mm -hmm. I'm just like whatever. But the, you know, you lost, and now, you know, Stacey Abrams. Y'all need to give her all of the roses because she basically said, "Bitch, you sold." The governorship for me. I'm mm -hmm. coming for you. She was basically saying, You came for me. I'm coming for you. Register almost a million brand new voters. Uh, and then look what happened. And she just said recently that she's coming back for the governorship. I'm like, You might be bigger than that now, ma'am. You might want to look at it. She could be um, DNC chair. Actually, she could be anything she wants to be. Yes, she can. To be honest. And also, just because the presidency, that race is over. We still got two Georgia Senate uh, runoffs. I think they're supposed to be in January 5th. Mm -hmm. So if you can donate, I know I donated um, because 
this is basically for control of the Senate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we kind of mentioned this before, but you know, there's still a little bit of, you know, a little, you know, a little bit of family foolishness going on with, you know, DNC and their little progressives. Um, we just hope that y'all get it together. You know, Mac, uh, Maxine, you, you need to call a meeting. Y'all need to have a retreat. <laughs> have a retreat somewhere and y'all talk it out like they do at grandmama's table. Talk it out. Reveal the truth. You know, somebody may have to say that, you know, fake, you know, fuck my husband. It may have to happen. It just may have to happen. People be chased by knives. Whatever I think, it needs to do. I think there needs to be an, an overall look at the, the Democratic Party because there's a lot of old people that just needs to go. Like True. Feinstein, she needs to go. Mm -hmm. um, I could be swayed to let Nancy Pelosi go ahead and go. Um, yeah. there, there just needs to be term limits on Senate uh, senators and reps as well because some of this shit is just getting out of fucking hand. Yeah, and I, and I like Nancy. I appreciate her. I think it's, this is the time that she'd start teaching the new kids and be like, okay, and you know, just call it a day. Be like, okay, I've done what I needed to do. I've been in here since the 80s or the early 90s. It's time to go. Right. Um, you know, she has a great legacy, you know, from mm -hmm. working with the gays and San Francisco back in the day up to now. So she's have a great legacy. It's time to help the new kids, um, like, you know, help them get it together. Cause you know, I, AOC has a lot of promise. She, I feel like she needs some good, you know, mentors though. I feel like they need to be somebody like, girl, let's talk about this. Let's, you know, let's, let me get you together. Let me help you out. Let me, you know, it needs to be that, you know, Ayanna Presley is still killing it. I appreciate her. Lauren Underwood it has won. Um, they announced her um, winning the other day. So I'm glad she's back in there. Cause if y'all look at what she's been doing, she worked the day, the first, her first day they passed the bill one of the things she uh -huh. worked on. I'm like, the fact that this woman is working, you know, some, you know, some people have been, you know, being a, done a, a little bit too much, but I think right now there needs to be a family gathering, have that conversation, have some real talk, listen to each other. You know, ALC might be young, but she has a lot of great ideas, but I also think that she could listen too and kind of see where, you know, everybody's coming from. So, Hopefully they get that stuff together because we we ain't got time for this. We gotta fix that because right. we got other things we got to do. We got to make sure Joe and Kamala can get what they need to get done. Um, and so hopefully they get that stuff together. And I hope we do win Georgia because that would change so many things. And I and I want a house to drop on Mitch McConnell because I'm sick of him. And I don't know why. I mean gerrymandering. Gerrymandering, yes. That doesn't make sense how he won. I there was somebody had did a thread about a few of the counties here in Kentucky, uh, for how many people a county has versus how many people voted, and mm. something doesn't smell right at all. You mean to tell me this man is constantly the least liked person, you know, or whatever, but yet he's still getting all of these votes. Now, granted, Amy McGrath wasn't a good candidate. Like, mm -hmm. the only thing she had to go on was she's a mom and she's a Marine. Mm -hmm. 
So I'll take that. But the fact that he won so convincingly, something does not smell right at all to me. Yeah, because I'm, you know, I still got, I mean, you you still in Kentucky. I have other people who are still in Kentucky. And they were like telling me, like, we don't know what happened. Because it's about like Murray or Cali County or whatever. And it was like, that's a good chance that was, that's always been, what's well, been back and forth. But there was this like Mitch McConnell. Though. I was like, I just don't get it. I don't, I do feel like something is, because he and his wife alone, the money that they have, and I think Rachel called out how they, about the voting machines and mm-hmm. I think his wife has something to do with some of that because you know she has that secret money she has that old money like uh what's <laughs> i'm not gonna do that but she has money right um, but she has uh what she's uh chinese right i think so so her family has a whole like yeah you're right and when it comes to old money she her family back in china is made of money yeah. So I just something and like the once all of the votes came in from Kentucky, only Fayette County and Jefferson County were Democratic. Everything else was like a hundred and other a hundred and eighteen counties went red. Franklin County, which is where Frankfurt is, if you don't know, the state capital, is routinely Democratic too. So I don't believe even if he won, you mean to tell me Frankfurt went red this time? It doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. It might need to be an investigation. <laughs> it might need to be like it really does sit down and look at it because that's that's making me think. And I know they had the the black guy who was kind of the he was kind of the progressive. And he uh, Charles Booker. Yeah, he, he didn't win. I know people are saying, "Well, he would have won if he got it." I was like, "Well." I said, y'all have to remember, he, if he couldn't get Amy, then I don't know how he really would have fared with McConnell. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I don't know. People said that he probably would have beat McConnell. I don't know. It would have been very competitive. I'll say that. I don't know if he would have won. It, it would have been more interesting <laughs> than having to begrudgingly vote for Amy. Mm. Um, I get that. Because there might be more people more passionate enough to vote for him. Right. Because, you know, Kentucky could have been like a Georgia, you know. Yeah. But, you know, you know, it's something to keep in mind with. And I think that's something that the Democrats need to think about is these states. Do think about the states that we recently flipped, but think about the possibilities. Not maybe all of them, but like focusing on like two or three that we can possibly flip. Just kind of work it slowly until it make you know things work out. Uh-huh. It's just kind of interesting to me, like the South. It's just so. Yeah, that's another thing. Like people think that oh, if you live in the South, then oh, you're a redneck. Oh, you're a Republican. Oh, you don't have this. You don't have that. And you know. A lot of people, especially the people that live in California, because y'all think y'all just because y'all in y'all blue bubble, then, you know, nothing makes sense or everything. It's just uh, the country and whatnot. Um, Like there are real people doing the work in these red states, 
especially in states like Kentucky, like Texas, like Georgia, like uh, Florida. You know, it's not just us sitting on our asses and then waking up after election day and saying, oh, well, what, what happened? You know, people are doing the fucking work. Um, so a lot of people are saying, oh, well, what the fuck, Kentucky, yada, yada, yada. And they don't see they don't see anything beyond that. And that is what's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, you know, Texas damn near flipped blue. Texas ain't been blue since, uh, what, 74 or something? It's been a, a fucking while since uh, Texas was blue. Georgia hadn't been blue since, I think, 92. Yeah, like almost 20-something years. Yeah, so it's not this... People, Like I said, people are doing the work, and we might not get it this year, but slowly and surely, those gains are being made. Like, uh, Stacey Ambrose is a perfect example of somebody who didn't, well, let's be honest, her uh, gubernatorial, gubernatorial race was stolen from her. And I'll, I'll die on that fucking hill. But she didn't just sit on that. She mobilized people. And it was not just her that made Georgia blue. It was a host of other Black women. Uh, go to Texas with uh, Beto. He didn't just sit on not winning the uh, nominee for Democrats. He mobilized and a lot of those people, he wasn't just the only one. There was a lot of uh, Latino um, organizers that helped. So like I said, the work is being done. Yeah, the work is being done. It's just we, it's still an issue of gerrymandering. That's something yeah. that still is happening, and that's why we can't give up on the South. That's why I was saying, like, gerrymandering is one part of it, but we have to also remember that, you know, they do get a lot of money, um, and they do push a lot of different things. Um, so, yeah, gerrymandering, if they can break that up, and I know Holder is working on that, and I think he will have a lot more to do with that now um, because, you know, Biden's in then I think they can probably stop a lot of things. I know that North Carolina, they did break it to some degree, um, but there's still work that has to be done. And it is funny, because when you stop and think about like who's in office, and you're like, how do you even win like that Jim Jordan? I'm like, you only won because of gerrymandering. You wouldn't have won any other way. Mm -hmm. You, Matt Gates, all y'all wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for those cheating systems. And you should feel cheap yourself that you only got in because of cheating. Um, but again, as white men, they don't really think about that part of how they, they look at, I won, but they're not looking at how they won. So yeah, there's always going to be some issues when it comes to how the elections go. But hopefully things will change starting now. I hope so, because what I don't want it to happen is we swing the pendulum one way, and then four years later, or even two years later, when we come up on primaries, it goes back the other way. You know, we saw that uh, in 2012 when it, uh, the uprising of the Tea Party and how we took, well, Democrats took such a beating in the races. So, I don't know. Politics are a very messy and fucked up game. It is, um, but you know, it, it's, it's fascinating. And I love, I think it was, I think it was a 
Lindsey Grandin was like, you know, if they win, we may never win again. I was like, well, the, who fault is that? I'm like, that's your right. fault. That is your fault. Y'all could have been like Fitz, but you chose to be so extreme. And, you know, the new generation is coming up. Well, let me rephrase that because if y'all saw the polls lately, it's, it's, it's the student, it's the kids of color who are making a difference. White kids are still confused. Yeah, well, <laughs> white kids and just leave it at that. Yeah, so they still confused. But, you know, it's like, you know, within 20 years, it's going to be, it's going to change in demographics. It's going to change. And so you may not have that role unless y'all come out with more, uh, a more pragmatic person. But if y'all continue going down this path, y'all will never have another office. And you need to think about that. Because it's like, you know, the fact that y'all are willing to ruin your legacy over an incompetent white man like Trump. Well, they're incompetent white men themselves, so they would flock to them. And all of that is just political theater. All of that is just, oh, I want to hedge my bets on my perspective in 2022 or 2024 once I, uh, if I decide to run for presidency and whatever. That's just all that fucking is. And they they can fucking choke. Yeah, if they're really smart they would take a page from, you know, Shondaland and be like, no, be like, um, what's his name? And be like, let me sabotage. Cause you know, Trump was talking about 2024. I'm like, if any of y'all smart, y'all would get, y'all would, oh, I can't remember his name. Be, uh, Bean. Miss um, Cyrus. Yeah, be, be like Miss Cyrus and sabotage the fuck out of him. Because this is your time now. I'm giving y'all free advice. If you want to run for 2024, sabotage him now. Because by mm-hmm. the time, personally, I believe he's not going to be able to. Because, you know, Tish James is just waiting. Oh, the <laughs> uh, uh, attorney from the Southern District of New York. Mm-hmm. She's got that, uh, them indictment. Whatever she's got them like Sister Patterson on Flavor of Love or uh, uh, I Love New York, just waiting. She is waiting. Yeah, I have to use that now. Funny, I haven't seen that meme in a while, but yeah, pull that meme up because she it, January twenty first. She's probably gonna be like, okay, um, sir, remember? What hey, I girl. Hey, sis. Here we go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. How you been doing? I've been doing great. Like she's gonna be ready to go, and I'm just like thinking. Sir, the minute you are out, they all coming for you. Tish, Putin mad. That's why Putin ain't talking to you right now. Everybody's going to come after you. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he had, like, some weird heart attack or something because it's going to be too much and he ain't going to be able to handle it. What's funny is, um, well, if you didn't know, uh, listeners, that uh, state charges cannot be pardoned with a federal mm-hmm. uh, a federal pardon, number one. Number two, have you noticed that Putin said he's stepping away for heart re- <laughs> uh, health reasons? Yeah. The uh, leader, uh, Bolsonaro from Brazil, said he might not run. And all of these people have had fascist um, authoritarian I'll say regimes so this is I don't something is going on in the background that is not yet fully formed 
yeah. that we need to pay attention to. You're right, because that's true, because they all step it back. And I think it's because they know, because they, they show their hands so, so thick when uh-huh. Trump was in office. And, they, and I guess they thought he was going to be able to win again. But now with Biden coming in, I think everybody's smart. And they know that uh, I've got her name in Germany. They all be like, no, we coming for all of y'all now. We coming, oh, yeah, we coming for all of you. We're going to find a way to get y'all. Trump is not your in way, which I don't know how to even, anyway. They're going to get that. I feel like Trump, he's going to try to run away. Watch. He's going to try to vanish. He away. did say that. He did say that he was going to try to, oh, I'm going to leave the country. No, what you're trying to do is uh, he's <laughs> trying to not get extradited to get back to the U.S. to face these charges that Miss Girl is going to uh, bring against him. And uh, the Southern <laughs> District of New York. That's what that is. I, I any anybody, a first-time law student, a uh, a viewer of Law and Order could have seen that shit <laughs> two miles away. Right. Like, come on now. If you even watch Scandal long enough, you know. Right. This is some Shondaland stuff. But yeah, it's just basically Tish is ready. She's been ready. You know, she got her file just sitting on her desk. Probably got 12 copies all over the place ready to go. She's like, we'll get them at the airport. We'll get them. We'll get them at the mm-hmm. White House. We'll get them at Trump Tower. We will get him. So it's going to be fascinating. I don't think he's going to do 2024. I think that it's going to be too much of a year of them going after him about all this stuff. And then, you know, people are going to start dropping the, the truth. Like, you know, it's going to be like his taxes will be revealed. All that stuff is going to be dropping. He just may as well just call the day. He already was 76. What the Beyonce say? Drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, it's going to be a full year of a be of the Beyonce title album drop. Mm-hmm. You'll be sitting at home. Well, today we just found out that so and so and so and so. And you'll be probably only every Friday from now on. So it'll be a Friday edition of news. But yeah, that's politics, y'all. That is. So much is happening, and we don't like it, but we kind of love it at the same time. <laughs> it's uh, a lot to, it's so much news mm-hmm. all at once. Like, that's the four, past four years. It's, okay, what else is going to happen? And it seemed like, um, and this is the last thing I'll say about politics for uh, this episode. Like, <laughs> it just felt finally that everybody can just take a, a sigh of relief now, granted, we got to get to January 21st, mm-hmm. and God knows, hopefully nothing will, bad will happen. Um, but it just seems we can finally see a way out of this mess. Yeah. Now, granted, we feels, still got to deal with corona. Yeah, but it feels more real now. It feels like, oh, okay, we'll have some people in there who can do the work, and we'll have some stuff happening. And yeah, my last thing I would kind of say about <laughs> this whole politic thing is, is it's just that um, it's, it's so weird to think about eight years ago, there was no, there was no scandal. There was no, we have to worry about that. Cause you know, it was like the worst thing that happened to Obama was wearing a tan suit. <laughs> they was vexed about a fucking tan suit. I'm like, you would have thought this motherfucker got this thing at Man's Warehouse. Yeah. He still looked good in it. It was like, okay, he's wearing a tan suit. No, I don't get it. But it's so weird to think about what those eight years were. It was literally nothing. 
it was just like, okay, now we get this. Now we changing this. Women can get paid more and gay rights is around. And, you know, it was just all this good stuff. And then how, it's just funny to look at where we were. <laughs> and now. Yeah, I'd be like, how yeah. do we even get here? Well, let's go ahead and jump into some geeky stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, so let's talk about Miss Wonder Woman. So they have somewhat hinted the fact that, you know, Wonder Woman is supposed to be coming out um, Christmas, but they may go ahead and release it also on HBO Max. Um, just because it's already, weirdly enough, this is like, what, nine months since it's, it, it was supposed to be released almost nine months ago. Um, I thought it was supposed to be really the first. Didn't it get pushed back twice or yeah, one time? Twice, yeah. Okay. Because we were supposed to have had it almost summer. No, it was supposed to have been May. Then it did go summer. And then it just kind of went all over the place. So it may be released. It may be released um, coming up maybe on Christmas. And then, then it will probably move to um, HBO Max. They're, they're still having conversations about it. I personally think they should go ahead and just do that. Um, just let it go and put on HBO Max. I would pay the $20 if, if that was the price to see it. Because that I would have paid almost $20 to see it anyway. So I'm like, I would do that. Um, because, you know, if we're going through a lockdown, we don't know when we'll be available again. And you can't keep pushing this movie back. And that's going to mess up their whole, you know, merchandising. Because it already has. Because they had right. a whole line of toys and dolls. Like, they had to push back. Target only carried so much of it. Walmart only carried so much of it. The T-shirts came out before. I, I learned the T-shirts came out way early now. So now they have an abundance of the Wonder Woman 84 t-shirts, they're literally giving away for like $10 because it's not, they just had too much because it just didn't come out at the time. And any studio don't want to lose that money when it comes to um, their merchandising. So let us go ahead and come on out. Um, along with that, we did learn about WandaVision. Wonder Woman. Uh -huh. WandaVision. Now, WandaVision was supposed to come out in December, but they moved it, I think, to January 15th. Right. Which is not bad. You start to think about it. It's like, well, I can wait. I, I, I'm like, I can wait. I can wait. But it looks good. We don't have a fucking choice, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, it does look good. You know, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to really give us a lot of interesting things about how powerful she really is. And so, I don't know. I think it's going to be a, a anchor to um, all of these upcoming shows and movies. Um, mm -hmm. I think what we're supposed to be getting, uh, Monica Rambeau, mm -hmm. so it's going to open up possibilities as well. Um, I'm excited. What well, we didn't, we haven't gotten a MCU movie this year, haven't we? No, it's been a break. So, that's good. Yeah. Exactly, that's good. So it'll get every, I think WandaVision will get everybody re-energized in the MCU. And I was just talking about this uh, a couple of days ago, how I think they already have phase six, like mapped out. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm excited where they go. 
Yeah. Um, I'm excited for the introduction of mutants whenever that, that comes. I don't want to rush anything. I want them to take the time because I know Kevin uh, Feige will do it justice or as close to justice as he can get. Yeah. Um, and you're right about that because when you think about, because I had a whole year to be like, okay, we can sit down, figure, I mean, they had the time. Right. <laughs> had the time to kind of like, okay, let's go through it. They could have been meeting through Zoom to figure out these phases. And I believe they already kind of have an idea where they're going to go because basically one division one division and the doctor strange movie are going to be the catalysts to what happens afterwards so uh-huh. it's going to be interesting we know dracula's coming we know blade is coming um we know monica is coming the mutants are coming so they and- hinted at um uh like the a multi-universe uh spider-man so there was speculation that uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were going to be in either, I don't, I don't know if it was this Doctor Strange movie or the next Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's just how they're going to thread that needle. And, you know, I'm sure, I mean, they know. So I, I'm, I'm like you, I'm hoping they take the time to just really map it out so we don't look confused and crazy. But I also hope that DC is using this time wisely to figure out what the hell they're going to do about their <laughs> movie world. Because they're using a lot of HBO Max to do Painkiller, I guess his name, Peacemaker, I'm sorry, Pain, uh, Peacemaker. They're, you know, a lot of the, like, Swamp Thing, a lot of them are going over to Doom Patrol, going over to HBO Max. This is a way they can probably start kind of fixing up their universe. Right. Um, because it's time to get that together. You already have three um, pretty, you know, pretty good movies, you know, intact. You have Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Shazam. Um, I'm sure the Batman movie would do well, but those particular three really pulled y'all out of the how the jaws of foolishness so i mean well it was c it let's just say they were average compared (laughs) to other movies so let's not get them too much now (laughs) i'm trying to you know i'm trying to you know i I (laughs) so bad but you know that's why i'm thinking they need to go ahead and handle wonder woman because that movie gives them the promise i don't want them they are focusing way too much on the justice league i'm like that was in the past let that movie go. I know they're going to let that out very soon, I guess. And whatever you do with that, whatever. But let's just move forward and just kind of get your universe together. Exactly. Uh, speaking of DC, sadly, they have had an, another round of layoffs. So they lost a lot of senior people. Um, and if you were on Twitter this past week, you probably saw a lot of the announcements um, a lot of different editors, people that we've, you know, that you've read or you know of, did lose their positions and jobs. Um, this is really, and it's interesting because they just got a brand new editor or a brand new person overseeing DC as a woman. Um, and they just got all that stuff together now. But it just seems like, you know, her name is Marie Javins. She's new editor in chief of DC Comics. And so, that just happened, um, but I had a woman before that, Michelle Wells. And, and so 
Um, but now with all these layoffs, it's just, you know, what's going to happen? And, and, you know, will they be able to get things in order? So that just happened this week. Um, it was a lot of layoffs. And um, a lot of it happened just, I, I always say down the street, and somebody asked me, what do you mean by down the street? Well, Burbank is literally down the street. So in, that, in the West Coast Burbank office, uh, all that stuff just kind of happened. And so um, it's just really... It's really sad because people lost their jobs. People who've been like they're in publishing for 21 years, 26 years. Um, I'm looking at the list now. People who were in um, the marketing events for seven years and DC Comics Direct um, for 13 years directly. Let me rephrase that. Um, it's just so much. So you know, I'm hopefully I'm hoping they can find jobs or do what they can because it has been a lot. Yeah, this is a long list. Wow, it is a long list. But yeah, that, you know, that is just something that is happening. And, you know, it's all about COVID and all this. It's, it has its effect. Um, so to see all these loss, losses is just a little scary. Um, but I'm yeah for a better recovery soon. <laughs> I hope so. The, a lot of people that were lost were, you know, they have been with the company, what, 20 some odd years, mm -hmm. 10 years. And that sucks, you know, regardless of how long you've been with a company, it always sucks to get laid off. I've been, I've been with two companies and I've been with two layoffs. So mm -hmm. it sucks. Yeah. So yeah, um, and you know, um, Phil Jimenez, friend of the show, was, he was just talking about um, one of the, the people who did, like one of the editors who worked with him for many years, I think it's Andy. Um, you know, it's just kind of sad because, you know, these people are very pivotal and giving us the stories that we enjoy. So, you know, hopefully things will turn around soon and hopefully they will be, and I think they will get jobs because some of these positions like vice president of creative affairs and VP of comic speciality and newsstand sales and marketing, creative services, I think they will get jobs. I do. Yeah. Um, but I just hope that, you know, it doesn't really hurt them in beforehand so speedy recovery for those people who lost their positions and you know hopefully dc will get back on track let's hope so yeah well that was it looks like that was pretty much it um congratulations to kylie minogue for being number one her new album came out <laughs> she got number one there was one thing yeah if uh you didn't hear about it um so remember that uh, Australian adult uh, porn star, Billy uh, Santoro? Oh. <laughs> he had uh, said, the, uh, what was it? And back in July, he wrote a Facebook post saying that uh, let your blacks loot as a way of protest, wake the fuck up and shoot first. So he said that he he blamed his remarks on drug addiction. Addiction. He said him and his uh, partner are going through a meth uh, uh, addiction, and said that's what triggered his um, his quote unquote outburst. I said, just say that you're a racist and go on with it. Not to say because you know there's a lot of meth does not bring out does. <laughs> I know meth addicts or recovering <laughs> meth addicts who have yeah. not said uh, racist things like that before. 
personally. Yes, I'm about to say, like, I don't know what was happening, what was going on with you, but that that is just not the deal. <laughs> it isn't. And he's supposed to be uh, almost uh, evicted because people have been complaining that people have been in and out of his uh his apartment. I guess he's trying to make money doing some kind of uh, homemade scenes or whatever. I was like, well, that's what you get for being a piece of shit. That's what I'm saying. There is there are plenty of of gay porn stars who are thriving in this economy even right as we speak. Mm-hmm. And, didn't do anything racist. Um, and you know, the smartest thing that a lot of them did was basically, I mean, I'm not saying that was a marketing ploy, but you know, a lot of them are very, you know, liberal, a lot of them are liberal. If you, I don't follow, but you know, you, we all take a gander once in a while on their pages. Um, right. And you know, they always have Black Lives Matter, or they actually were literally, there were some that were literally out there, you know, marching for days. And so therefore, the, you know, they're, some of them are about their, about their business but you know they also want to make sure that they keep you know keep their money coming and make sure they're doing their support i think it was, i can't remember who it was it one particular porn star was basically <laughs> doing you know doing nothing but videos for an entire month that the money was going to black lives matter i was like okay right. look at you talk that talk and yeah. walk that walk i mean they make a lot you think about it if it's like five dollars a month you get more people who will, you know, give you some money and that, that adds up after a while. You got 10,000 people giving you 5,000, you know, give you $5 a month. Right. You, you're doing pretty well. So, you know, um, you know, that he, Billy, Billy has been trashed for a while. And so this didn't help. And I think it's not funny when they claimed that he was trying to take his life, that picture of him in the hospital I don't know if you saw that picture. Oh, I saw that. I'm like, well, you know, at this point, you know, I suicide is not a funny joke. However, mm-hmm. you doing these uh, shenanigans, saying that, um, saying the shit that you say, I don't have any kind of sympathy for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't give a damn if you lose your home. I don't give a damn if you end up in a shelter. I don't give a damn if you lose all your money. Mm-hmm. You though you have the right to say what you want to say. However, that does not excuse you from consequence. And sure. if those consequences uh, say that you need to be homeless, or you need to lose all your money, or you can never work in whatever industry that you work in ever again, that so be it. Right, because you messed up your own bag. And right, you, you fucked up your own bag. Like, you should know better. Every Like, it's common sense. The minute that any of these porn stars go full MAGA or say anything racist, they lose their bag. Because if you're a part of a studio like Shishi LaRue, and they was like, nope, we, nope, can't work with me. Uh-huh. They will drop you. And I'm like, you know, it's not like in the way things have changed in that industry, you can't be pissing off people like Shishi LaRue because it's like that they've been in the industry for over 30 years. Uh-huh. So they drop you, you ain't gonna get no job. And you have to be really hot. <laughs> you have to be, I guess, what's that, what's that, that one man name? That he's, I think, the only one who like, he kind of bounced back. Cody, or whatever his name was, um, he um, was able to do it because he tried to claim that he, he voted for Trump, but he didn't vote for him because he believed in him. He just did it out of shits and giggles. But 
We don't have that time for shits and giggles. Your faggot ass should know better. (laughs) You should have known better. But, you know, people like Sean Severin and then, you know, those like are like uh, Griffin Barrows, all of them, you know, they they are very open and liberal about where they feel and and all the things they do. So that's Uh why they keep getting their coins. Raheem. Oh, Lord. (laughs) 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 That man. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I'm not going to bring him on the show for no reason. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I have to have a moment because he's in North Hollywood. Let me quit talking. Anyway, I right. didn't get to see him in the gym. He he was at the gym that I go COVID. And I was like, how dare you come in here? How dare you come in? You know everybody Fine knows. Fine as hell as that man is. Well, people are vulnerable. <laughs> oh we I and you know what I appreciate about him? He even gets with the big guys. He's nice. He's I'm like not as nice as oh that's nice thing that you do go to the uh, but I've heard super he's very approachable and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I was very happy to see that he was with uh with a heavy set man. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, okay, you are really okay. That's good because you don't do you don't see that a lot in porn. You know, you see oh. the uh, you see, you know, like the little guys, the little twinks with little twinks, mm-hmm. or you see them getting just ramrodded by these big muscle guys, or you see muscle guys with muscle guys. You know, you see that kind of you see the same body type with the same body type mm-hmm. most of the time. True. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, not only are you listening, you're reading the room, but you're making sure you're covering all of keeping your bag tight. That's what you're uh-huh. basically keeping your bag tight. But I appreciate him doing that. And I was like, you know what? All right. Cause you, cause he's putting it out there. Like, Hey, there's, everybody can have a shot. And right. this is, this, normally you will see something like that in those fetish type of films, you know, where it's like, it'll right. be somebody ugly doing it you just like well i didn't you know whatever but this was like oh no this is a top tier star here doing this so mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that so yeah i shouldn't have brought him up because now <laughs> there you go because <laughs> he is fine and he be he be showing out he is showing out in these movies well that is it for Aunt May's tea, but we do, since we, we, we're talking about adult movies, we will be kind of talking a little bit more about that um, in our next segment. Exactly. So stay tuned and we will be back. Okay, and we are back. Thank you so much for joining us on this, another exciting episode of Mechachine. Uh, Today, we have a very interesting and exciting guest with us. He is the author of a very informative book, How to Bottom Like a Porn Star. You might have seen him on the Today Show or the Tyra Banks Show. Uh, He's also co-hosted the TV show, The Sex Inspectors. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Michael Alvalar. Oh, clap. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Thank you so Pretty much good. for coming on the show. Absolutely. 
So we're just going to get right back into it. You have written a, like I said, a very informative book on how to bottom. Uh, and at first glance, you people might think that this is just uh, silly information. But um, once you get into the book, it's very informative. So let's begin with, uh, can you explain to our listeners the concept and the research that went into this endeavor and then the subsequent book? Sure. It's kind of funny. I originally wanted to write a book about how porn stars are able to clean themselves out, you know, cleaner than a Disney movie. And, uh, and, and sort of like the secrets of, of how, to, how they avoid pain. Because, you know, when you're watching porn, you're looking at guys who bottom for, for guys who are hung like the Florida panhandle, you know, and they don't even flinch. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do the secret of the porn stars book. So I actually, um, I actually commissioned research to see what do the porn directors, the adult performers, the you know producers, linemen, you know, I wanted them to tell me what the secrets were. Well, when the research came in, it was I thought, oh my god, I can't use this for the book because you know what their secret is? Drugs, 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 drugs. To just hide the pain, and you know, as, as one porn star said to us, and you know, there's plenty of quotes in the book about that. About, he said, there were so many times I just wanted to cry, but I couldn't because I was so high. You know, oh, wow. so, yeah, so I, you know, I realized, oh my God, I don't have the premise for my book anymore. So I just put my head on the desk and I pronounced all four E's in shit. You know, I just was like, shit. And then I realized, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to come up with my own secret. So I did. I got together with a bunch of uh, doctors, you know, experts in anatomy and physiology. And we came up with our own sort of protocol, if you will. And that, that was the birth of the book. And the other thing that's, that's really fascinating, and I think, you know, you, you referred to it earlier, which I'm very proud of because we sort of made publishing history. This is the first gay sex guide that uses medical illustrations to show how to do the deed. And not only just the first gay sex guide, but the first sex guide, period. And these illustrations, let me tell you, they are gonna set people on fire, some of them, because, uh, it's sort of like looking at porn through x-ray glasses. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're shockingly uh, explicit. And I think in some ways you could, there's about 24 illustrations in the book. You could almost just look at the illustrations and understand what you need to do. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you still need the copy, but it's like, you know, there's something about visual aids that just, they can, you know, illustrations can explain things to you that words can't. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And by the way, I, 
<laughs> I, I told the graphic designer, I said, I want you to gross me out and turn me on all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. <laughs> awesome. Now, it's funny that you say that because I think about, you know, growing up for a lot of us, we, there, you know, there was the joy of sex book and it only just showed you just, it didn't show you like how things work, it just show you positions. And I right. think that what your book is going to do is maybe take it to a, 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 a better level in a sense of like, oh, this is what this is because a lot of us just don't know the ropes uh -huh. at all. And, you know, I'm a little bit older than Nick. So I, when I first saw my first porn, um, I was 17 and it was Cousins, that was the name of it, William Higgins, um, and- Boy, you're dating yourself. <laughs> <Wait, yeah. please. laughs> um, this was a dare, it was a dare in high school to actually do this, but I, I saw it and I was just floored by how it looks so simple. I was like, is this how it's done? Oh my God, I can't wait when I find the right one. But I, I, I'm very happy to know that this would kind of go a next step because a lot of us come into this game not understanding what what, what really happens. We're just kind of thinking, oh, it's just going to go in and right. happen. But you know, gonna, yeah. Gymnastics looks really easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you first look at it, you go, oh, I can do that. And then you, you know, throw yourself over the roof of a building. Yeah. So, right. It, you know, a lot of things that look easy are not easy. They're, they're only easy after a lot of practice. That's so, true. <laughs> that, that, that's true. That is, yeah. And Victor, you said something earlier before we started about how it was relatively easy for you. Yeah. And it, I, I wanted to address that. But go ahead, go ahead. It was. Um, I think at the time, and, and you know, I, I made the joke that he was small, but I also think that it was because I, at the time I trusted him and it was somebody that I cared about and I was more excited about it, um, that it didn't, there was like no pain. And I always see, you know, on Twitter, everybody loves to do this meme about your first time bottoming and they use some type of wild picture or whatever right. clip they will use. And I'm like, what, what were y'all going through to where it was this crazy for you? Cause for me, you know, it was like, la la la. But you know, I think when it happened, it was because it was, it was more of a romantic situation. And it was like, I trust a person. I was really into that person. So I was ready to go. And, and I had a couple of glasses of wine. So maybe that was all. <laughs> um, but it just felt really great and I've always wondered and maybe that's something we can get and talk about or what or what have you is is does it when you are about to bottom does it does does the real pleasure of it happens because you actually want that person to give it to you you know is it does that play a big role in the overall feel does that relaxes you enough to maybe enjoy it without pain or what have you I don't know but that was just something that when I, I was just thinking about like how that was easy for me and I've heard all the stories um it just makes me think that maybe it was just because I care about the person it worked I don't know but that that's just my weird mind no I I love hearing that story because they're rare <laughs> <laughs> no not not rare but in, infrequent but you know it's, it's definitely there are people who 
who it, it was easy for them. And I think you're onto something about, you know, your description of what happened. There was a lot of trust, a lot of respect. There was a, a sense of really wanting it because desire is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and also the fact that you trusted him and the fact that you wanted him to do it relaxed you because there wasn't a lot of tension. So in, in the book, I talk about something called anticipatory pain, which is yes. a psychological term for the expectation of being hurt. And so a lot of people have anticipatory pain about a lot of things like, you know, a lot of people are scared of flu shots. You know, I go in and they, they put it in me, I hardly feel it. Other people are just, you know, their, their anticipation is worse than the actual physical part. And so what happens with anticipatory pain is that your body tenses up. But in order to bottom, you have to be relaxed. So anticipatory pain is the language you use to, uh, to convince yourself of something. So for instance, I would say that you did not have anticipatory pain, that you had anticipatory pleasure. And what you were saying to yourself is, I really like this guy. I want to feel him inside me. I know this is going to feel great. Anticipatory pain has a different set of languaging. Th that language says, this is going to hurt like hell. <laughs> Brace for impact. You know, <laughs> I'm never going to walk again. You know, and the, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing is going to, it, it will literally create the very thing that you fear because you will get so tense uh, that it will be extremely painful. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I believe that. I believe that. My question uh, for you um, kind of gets into toxic masculinity. Masculinity, I never say the word. <laughs> but let's talk about it in a way that it's, it's very big in our community. It is very strong, very big. You see the arguments all the time about alpha tops and bottoms and that plays a big role in that. Um, how is that manifested? Um, and in what, how is that manifested? And, and with who and how we have sex with people? If that yeah, makes sense. I, that's, that's a great question. And I do tackle it in, in my book because I think it's one of the great obstacles to try, you know, people who want to bottom, but don't admit it. Uh, people who try to bottom but can't enjoy it because of the emotional obstacles that get created. So I think the to toxic masculinity, basically, here's how I would break it down. Toxic masculinity says that real men don't bottom. Okay, so that means if you bottom or you want to bottom, you're less than a man. You are taking on the role of a woman. And in in cultures where uh, masculinity is prized over femininity, by the way, that's every single culture in the world, mm -hmm. then um, you give up something when you bottom. You give up the prestige of masculinity. You give up the prizes of masculinity, the respect, and I put that in air quotes, of masculinity. So what will happen is it will either com completely shut you off from the possibility of bottoming, or 
it will prevent you from enjoying it even when you try it because because you're thinking, oh my God, this is the end of me. You know, uh, another way of putting it is, have you ever noticed there's no jokes about tops? Right. No, there's only jokes about bottoms, mm -hmm. right? You, when was the last time you heard, oh, there's nothing but tops in this town? Right? You don't hear that, but you always hear, oh. Right. When was that time like, oh, he's nothing but a big top? <laughs> Right? You never heard that. And that in itself, that language tells you what that person thinks about the role of masculinity and femininity in bed. And in my book, I make a very bold assertion that I think a lot of people share. And that's that um, You're so you're just like your social you're just like your sexual orientation says nothing about your character. Your erotic preferences say nothing about your masculinity. Mm -hmm. Right? That's just this is it's a fiction. We made it up. <laughs> and so we and 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 part of the thing about uh, about this is that we gotta stop labeling each other. There's something in my book that most people are not going to get until they, you know, unless they really think about it. I never use the word bottom as an adjective to a person. I always say the person who likes to bottom, the person who likes to top, because when we, when we start talking about, oh, he's a bottom or I'm a bottom, it's sort of like a psychic prison. Yeah, I know you like to bottom, but that, you know, that's an erotic preference. That's not an identity, you know? Right. But, you know and, and that's part of the fear that like toxic masculinity says, if you bottom, you will become a bottom, mm -hmm. right? And then, then the fear is, well, then, you know, I don't want to bottom because if I become a bottom, not only will I lose respect, but I might become an insatiable bottom, right? And when was the last time you heard somebody being described as an insatiable top? <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. So yeah. that's my uh, speech, okay? <laughs> I, I did notice that uh, in the section when you talk about toxic masculinity, how you refer to people like, I'm a person who likes to bottom versus I am a bottom. Um, and that kind of set off different bells in my head because, I mean, for me, I'm a person who enjoys the bottom, but on occasionally I can enjoy to top as well. So it, it also goes to the notion as why limit yourself to one experience when I can have both of them and enjoy both of them. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm very fond of saying labels belong on a can, not a man. <laughs> so that's why I don't like when somebody, you know, like if, if somebody asks me, are, are you a top or a bottom? I like, I, I try not to answer the question because, because I feel like you're, you're trying to get me to identify as one or the other as opposed to, you know, the, the real question should be, do you enjoy bottoming or topping? Not, are you a bottom or are you a top? 
do, do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's like, mm -hmm. it's a subtle languaging distinction, but it has enormous profound effects on people. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. And I, and I like the phrasing of that, like what, you know, do you enjoy? Um, I think that's a, I think that's a great way to approach it because, you know, to me, sex is fulfillment and enjoyment, you know, it's pleasure. And so I, to limit it to just this or that is, is interesting. So uh, I like to, you know, I like that of saying like, would you, do you enjoy bobbing? Do you enjoy topping? Um, and I think the issues also, when you think about people, um, it's, it, I, I would love that when the day comes where people are no longer feeling embarrassed to say, oh, I enjoy bottoming <laughs> or, you know, I, I mean, there's a lot of people who do enjoy it, but I would love it where people just, just let that go. Right. Well, hopefully this book will, um, will help the, the purpose. <laughs> Absolutely. So there's this uh, preconceived notion that in order to be ready to bottom, you have to limit what you eat severely. Does the science back that up or is that all just mere speculation? Well, I don't know that there's a lot of science. <laughs> you know, if you look at, uh, you know, the National Institute of Health, whether they have studies about, you know, what diet you should have to bottom. But uh, I think that if you just take certain basic precautions, you're going to be fine. And that basic precaution is, you know, you don't want to eat a McWatt burger. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to eat a, a fat-laden burrito before you do it. Um, that could be messy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even <laughs> in, our, in our research with the, with the porn stars, uh, they all, that, that, that was something that, that they all did. Like, the night before a shoot, uh, they would eat very, very simply. Very, very simple. Like, white chicken, uh, uh, you know, vegetables, they wouldn't eat meat because they were afraid of, uh, you know, bacon bits showing up somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, if you eat, a, if you eat a good diet, if you eat a diet that has an adequate amount of fiber, you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know some men think that you have to be like, so clean down there. And I'm thinking it's almost physically impossible to get your track as clean as some kind of baseboard or whatever. Like the two are not the same thing. So there's going to be, if you don't watch what you eat, there's going to be some kind of residue down there. And I think this notion that, oh, you have to be you know, spick and span down there is almost like you don't know your body is not that is not set up that way. Right. I I think what what, what I would add to that is that it, it is important to be clean. You you want to be clean. Nobody wants to be dirty when when that right. happens. So the first step is making sure you have a good diet because. Uh, just so you understand why it's important is because when you have an adequate amount of fiber, 
the fiber binds all the fecal matter together so that it goes through your anal tract out intact so that the only thing it leaves is a tiny little bit of residual film which you can easily finger mop in the shower. <laughs> uh -huh. You see what I'm saying? So that's what, you know, and really you just need to take a shower and, you know, clean up on the, the inner surfaces in, inside your anus and you're gonna be fine. Unless of course, you have a horrible diet or you have stomach distress, you know, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome or some kind of thing where, you know, you're gonna leave so many tire marks on the bed sheet. People are gonna think that they attended a NASCAR live event, you know, <laughs> uh, but you know, but you know, if, if that's what you're dealing with, then you really have to pay attention to diet, perhaps take fiber supplements. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that you're talking about that because I've heard all the stories. These, these poor kids are, are like just drinking chicken broth all day or whatever they're doing. They're just doing all these interesting things they heard about. And I think that, uh, and it's a lesson that we all have to learn. Like you learn like your body, you learn like if I eat so-and-so at this time, I will be fine or what have you. Um, but it's also very helpful to have an experienced partner or play person to, they understand how all this stuff works. I always feel like a top should know what they're getting into when they get into it. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'm always, you know, it's always funny just to hear those stories. Like, yeah, I've been doing nothing but like drinking chicken broth and water all day. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, See, my hungry ass couldn't do that. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not as much I, I, as I love dick. Yeah. No, ma'am. I don't, I don't think you need to do that, but I understand, you know, people have differing levels of what they feel are acceptable cleanliness, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I don't think there's anybody who tops that hasn't gotten a whiff of something that wasn't exactly pleasant, but Victor, to your point, that comes with the territory. You know, mm -hmm. like, like, you know where you're putting it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, th I think where it comes down to is like, you know, well, a whiff is like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's the price of admission, you know? But if you start getting more than a whiff, if the paint starts peeling because, <laughs> because of the smell <laughs> out of you, then you got a problem. Yeah, very true. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Um, so, um, now, now, throughout the book, um, there are a lot of, so we, since we've been talking about preparing and all that great stuff, there's a lot of tips about preparing and training yourself and all that greatness when it comes to being a bottom. Um, but for those of us who like some good old hardcore sex, you know, or if you want to play as much as you want to play and just really enjoy yourself, what would be like the one main guideline you would suggest or you think that we should follow? Well, a, a guideline to what? So if we wanted to, I'm, I'm just being just really blunt. If you wanted to get rammed all night, gangbang, all that great stuff, what would be kind of like a, a tip that we need to know or that we should follow, something we need to keep in mind as we get ready for that? Okay, so 
the the biggest thing would be that uh, just like you couldn't possibly run a marathon by starting the day of the marathon. <laughs> if you want to have that kind of level of play, you got to start way before you get to game day, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So what that means is understanding that the anal area is, uh, the anus especially, is they're just sets of muscle. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm oversimplifying, but basically those muscles need to be trained. They need to be trained in relaxation. They need to be trained in stretching. So just like you would prepare for a marathon, for the day of the marathon, you would prepare yourself in terms of relaxation and stretching. How, how do you practice stretching? Fingers, toys, penises. How do you practice stretching? I, I have a whole chapter called the 60 seconds sphincter release method, uh, which is basically based on a concept called PNF, proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. If you're a physical therapist, if you're a fitness trainer, anybody in your audience who's a fitness trainer, they're gonna go, oh, I know what that is because they use it. And it's basically just the, the, the theory is the best way to get relaxed is to tighten your muscles to the point of systemic muscle failure. Um, and so th that's a really smart way of doing it. Most people think, you know, like, oh, to relax, I've got to think, you know, nice thoughts and breathe and, you know, do all those kinds of things. You know, and those are fine. They might help, but they'll help on the fringe. Something like the 60 second sphincter release in my book is gonna really help you because it's based on a proven methodology of relaxation. That is good to know. <laughs> Victor fitting to have a party. I, 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 will, I will easily say that, you know, I, I could not do that because I'm very particular about who gets to have a taste of me, but, um, but you know, for those who do, you know, I just, I just want them to be prepared and ready. I want, I want them to have success and a good time. <laughs> Come on, success. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the book is skewed toward the gay uh, male audience, uh, but do these same rules uh, explain, apply to straight couples as well as uh, lesbians who use toys on each other? Oh, absolutely. With the exception of the fact that they, that lesbians don't have a prostate, mm. um, yeah. everything else is absolutely the same. Awesome. Nice. In fact, I, I, I wanted to do a straight version for, for women. Mm -hmm. And, and I, 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 I may do that. I'd have to change the illustrations, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you mentioned several positions um, to be able to take dick painlessly, um, but what? But what about these positions, or what do you? What would you apply to thicker guys? What positions would, would be something that you would recommend for like bigger men um, who enjoy sex? Well, the I, I don't know that there's the big the big dick position. You, do you know what I'm saying? Because 
Um, if you look at the physiology, there are a couple of things that, uh, there's, there's basically two pain points, okay? The first pain point is your sphincter. Mm -hmm. So, and we've talked about, you know, the 60 second sphincter release technique that I have in the book based on PNF. So that, you know, you, you know, think of yourself as, um, you know, Mar you know, one of the Mario brothers, you know, in the, in the game where you've, you know, you use the, the PNF method to relax your sphincter. So that's, you've overcome a huge obstacle, but there's a second obstacle. Um, and let me back up by saying, I want to give you a visual, okay? Mm -hmm. Most people think that their anal canal is, is built the same way an, an apartment garbage chute is built, straight down, right? You open, for those of us who live in a condo or an apartment, which I do, you open, you know, you take the garbage out, you open up the chute, you drop it in and it goes bam, all the way down. That is not how we are built, uh -huh. okay? There is, we are built, our anal um, uh, undercarriage, if you will, is built with an S curve, okay? There's no such thing as anything going straight up or coming straight down. You, inside, you may be standing straight up and down, but your organs are not, okay? So there's an S curve. And that's the second point of pain. And in the illustrations, you'll see that different positions straighten out your S-curve. Because if you don't straighten out that S-curve, it's gonna feel, even with the most relaxed sphincter, you're gonna be, you're gonna feel like you're getting stabbed with a baseball bat, okay? Because it's hitting the rectal wall inside. So, how do you straighten out that S-curve so the penis goes straight in? It doesn't hit the rectal wall. Well, any position that puts your knees at 90 degrees of your torso is going to dramatically straighten the S-curve. So that would be doggy style. That would be uh, squatting. And uh, what the exact position is depends on your body. You know, people have, you know, you're built differently on the inside, just like, just like you're built differently on the outside, right? Mm -hmm. Victor, you said it was pretty easy for you the first time. I would maintain that not only it, was it easy because of the things that we, you know, you talked about and I elaborated on, but also that it could just be your S-curve wasn't, isn't very pronounced. You know, people have different, you know. You know, just like some people are much more flexible. You know, some, some people are like double jointed. It's the same thing with your organs. Some people have a very small S-curve and it, it straightens like that. Hmm. So it's just easier. Uh -huh. Yeah, I will say that for me personally, doggy style is better because it's better on my body, my knees. Because I've been having issue with my knees and my hips for like since the land before time, um, and it's just I find more pleasure in doggy style than anything else, either when I'm bottoming or topping. Right. Yeah. And that's that is just a 
personal preference, you know, because yeah. there are other people who just hate it. Yeah. So you, you have to play around with it. But there, there are physical reasons why you have that preference. It, right. it is right. psychological. You know? Exactly. There's a reason there's, you know, your anatomy is going a certain way that allows easier entry. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All this for nine ninety nine, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just, I don't think a lot of us think about all these things. I think we just, we're just ready to get into it, but we don't really think about everything that's happening that can make it easier or make it more pleasurable. I think you learn by mistake, but um, it's good to know that this book will be very helpful to people. It really does. Mm -hmm. I think it will be. I mean, I, you know, the reviews are coming in. I think it is very helpful. So there's a section uh, of the book uh, titled A Hard Dick is a Powerful Symbol of Something You Love, Masculinity. Can you explain to the listeners the meaning behind this statement and how it relates to gay sex? Sure. So the illustration is really hot, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, the title is uh, Why We Love Dick. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's strong, insistent, and uh, has no conscience. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so th that section of the book was really talking about the importance of understanding why you want to vomit. And it really comes down to the penis, because the penis is the symbol of everything that you like. When you're, when you're bottoming, it's because you want to experience the idea of being taken. You want to experience submissiveness. You want to experience, and in some cases you want to experience dominance because this is something that's very, uh, it's not talked about a lot, but it's anybody who bottoms understands it. Guys who bottom sometimes do it because they feel dominant because you're about to give your partner the best ride of his life, right? You are doing that. And you are letting your partner do something to you. That means you have the power and whoever has the power is the dominant figure. So, mm -hmm. uh, but getting back to, you know, why, why is Dick so important? Because it is the symbol of manhood and, 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 and the premise of the desire to bottom is for union uh, between two males. And what is, what is the symbol of that? The penis, the erect penis, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so, yes. No, I, I like that. I like, because yeah, it comes down to the dick. You know, the, you want it, you desire it, you see it, it excites you. Oh, you know about it, you know what's about to come. And I think it's exciting when you think about what's going to happen. And, and you know, and in some ways I've always thought about like, yes, I'm giving this person the pleasure. Um, you're giving that person the ability the, to feel 
you know, from you, to feel you from the inside. So I think that's really neat. And I also think that, you know, you, you have the muscles down there, you control what that feeling is, you know? And, you know, I think that is amazing. I like, I've always liked that power play of like, I'm giving you this pleasure. You are giving me this, but I'm giving you that. I'm giving you that desire of taking that. So it's, yeah. Right, it's an exchange of power is what yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, and, and when you're bottoming, you have, um, you know, when, when the, guy who, the guy who tops is only experiencing one aspect of power, dominance. Mm -hmm. The guy who bottoms is experiencing two aspects of power, dominance and submissiveness, all at the same time. <laughs> And that's why it's such a powerful draw to people. They don't, they don't necessarily think about it in those terms, but if you break it down, that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is fascinating. This is just, I am really glad we're talking about this. <laughs> Me too. Very, um, so you, in the book, you do talk about the different ways you can prepare yourself um, with toys, fingering, what have you. And we've kind of touched on a lot of that in this conversation already. But um, what other techniques can be used to help open yourself up? Well, the, the main thing, we've talked about the, the physical aspect, okay? Relaxation and training. Because you have to understand it is muscles you're dealing with. They're, they're just muscles and muscles can be trained, right? Like, you know, look at gymnasts, look at, you know, weightlifters. They didn't start off. Weightlifters didn't start off lifting 300 pounds. They started off with 80, you know? How do they do it? Practice. So practice is a big, big, you know, experience. The second thing, um, and, but, th but that's mechanical. Right. Like, the, you know, practice is mechanical and, and there's a section in that book and it's absolutely vital that you read it and understand it and put it into practice. But mechanics is just going to make you a skilled laborer. Right. Sex isn't just about insert tab A into slot B. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's important to understand that process and how to get better at it. But the thing that's going to make you a, a really great lover is what's happening inside your head and how in touch you are with, let's say, you know, a lot of your listeners have probably never heard of the way that we have discussed power today, submissiveness and dominance. And as they think about it more, they'll, 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 a lot of them are going to be turned on by, because then they haven't really thought about it in those terms, right? So uh, this is what I mean by what's going on in your head is to be in touch with why you want to submit. What is it about a man that turns you on? Because the more you understand, the more you're going to feel, right? The more open you're going to be. And that's going to create an erotic landscape that you can go anywhere with that. So it's not just about the mechanics, it's about the space between your ears. Yes, it is. <laughs> and just to uh, end things with uh, 
with a bang. <laughs> I'm holding up two books because How to Bottom Like a Porn Star has a companion book called How to Top Like a Porn Star because <laughs> there are lots of difficulties with topping. And so let me, um, why, don't, why don't we just talk just a little bit about that? Because, you know, half mm -hmm. of your listeners like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I always find, like, the best tops are the people who have bottled. So, yes. like, they know how to make their, to make that bottom feel comfortable. Um, especially, like, when I would do it. The guy like, who bottoms. Not the guy who bottoms. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It would always, I would have to, you know, make sure I'm not ramming this in here and hurting them because, you know, that could, if you are way too big, you could actually, you know, hurt somebody with um, insertion, I guess. Um, but yeah, I always find the guys who enjoy bottoming are better at topping than the guys who only top. I completely agree with you on that. First of all, um, anybody who's bottomed and now wants to top understands that uh, a millimeter can feel like a foot when it's inside your ass. <laughs> <Right? laughs> <laughs> so, so you understand you know, if, if, if you've bottomed and now you're topping, you understand how even the slightest thing can set off all kinds of pain receptors. So that makes you far more um, uh, tender. It makes you far more sensitive. It, it forces you to pay attention to what's going on to the other person. And guess what? I've just described the building blocks of a great lover. Have I not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I, I agree completely with what you're saying. So, uh, so you had the um, how to top like a porn star. Can you um, go into a little bit more uh, detail with that? Well, the, um, the when I pitched the idea to my editor, he said, what? nobody's going to buy a book like that. What, what is there to topping? You just, it's like a Thanksgiving day turkey. You just split the legs and ram it in. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm happy to say that How to Bottom Like a Porn Star has been out for five years and it's been the number one gay sex book for all those five years. How to Top Like a Porn Star came out four years ago and it's been the second best-selling gay sex guide. Because I think if, if you have topped, you understand why you need this book. Because first of all, how do you maintain an erection when you're not even sure exactly where his sphincter is because it's dark, right? Or, you know, the worst, if you're putting a condom on, I think almost everyone has experienced that. There you are, rock hard. You put the condom on and pew, suddenly Willie won't. Right, how do you get around that? Uh, you know, t guys who top also have uh, cleanliness issues, you know, for sure. 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not unusual for somebody to get grossed out and lose their erection. So, you know, what do you do with that? The other thing is that there's all kinds of performance anxiety that people can, uh, can have. You know, if, if you're the bottom partner and you keep talking to your top partner about your ex-boyfriend who was, whose penis was so big it was in the next room making drinks, you know, the, the, the partner who's topic is going to think, I can't compare to that, right? Right. So, you know, so the, the book is a lot about how you prepare yourself for those eventualities. You know, what happens if you become impotent? What should you do? You know, how do you handle it? Um, the other thing is like, what's, how do you turn on your partner? What's the best way of turning on your partner? You know, how do you relax your partner? You know, yeah. you know uh, the, the top partner can help the bottom partner use the 60 second sphincter release method that I talked about. So that's part of what's in the book. And I'm glad that you do address the part about you know, once you put the condom on, you go, you, you, it may just drop or you may lose your heart on. Cause I think a lot of us go through that. I know I went through that. I was like, wait, you know, I was all ready to go. And now here, this is the issue. So I think that will be very helpful because I know a lot of people that don't want to talk about it, but I know it happens. Um, and I think that that might be very helpful for a lot of men who are trying to figure out because what will happen, I believe, is sometimes guys say, well, I, I can't do it with a condom. I, have to, it ha- I can't do it. I have to, it has to be wrong because it doesn't work for me. And they just keep that as their excuse to not try to figure out what the real problem is. Right. So I'm glad that you are addressing that because I think that will help a lot of people become very comfortable um, using condoms if they're not, but also really dealing with the fact of something happening in that way that they could probably kind of fix or work on um, Right. And, and in the book I talk about, let me just give, you know, like a, a, a quick glance at the solution of, you know, cause I'm sure your, your listeners are going, well, how do I get <laughs> around that? Right. So my, my answer would be by the mark. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, but as a service, well, you know, what, what I would say is that the, the single biggest thing that you can do to overcome your you know, condom shyness when it comes to erections is to understand what's happening. Uh, first of all, condoms are awful. You know, I'm not the kind of person who says, oh yeah, well you'll learn to love it. No, you won't. They're terrible. It's like having sex with an oven mitt, you know? But <laughs> the truth is, you know, like if you want to have safe sex, you, you've got to step up. You got to step up. Mm-hmm. So how you, how you do it is, is first by understanding that here's this god-awful thing that you don't want to put on. And the only time you ever have an experience with it is at the moment of truth, right? You're ready to be penetrated. You put the condom on. You don't know how to open it or it's hard to open. And then you don't know how to put it on because, you know, the thing, it's kind of confusing if you're not really expert at it. Yeah. It's all happening in real time, Right a recipe for losing your erection. But what if before you have that date, weeks before you had that date, 
you went out and bought dozens of condoms, okay? Just buy cheap ones. It's, you know, you're just going to do like a little practice session. And the first practice session is to open them. Open them. Uh, get used to like, where is the slit? You know, a lot of them have slits. Know where they are. Know where yeah. they are. So you can do it blindfolded. The second thing is open them up and understand that delicious aroma that they, ha you know, have. You know, not. But the thing is like, you know, if you, you know, basically what I'm describing to you is a process of desensitization. Mm -hmm. Right. So like desensitize yourself to how to open a con, desensitize yourself to the smell. So you're not like, you know, I mean, we've all been there. Like you open it up. It's like, oh, this really chemical plastic smell. It's, it's a boner crusher. Who's going to like, oh yeah, give me some more, you know, give me more of that. So then what you do is like, then you play with the dozens of condoms to the point where like you stretch or fill them with water, just like, you know, get used to them. And then finally, uh, when you arrive at the kind of condom that you like, you know, the brand that you like, practice putting it on when you're alone, when you're masturbating. So that by the time the moment of truth comes, you're like, oh, I got this. This is like so old news to me. And you, you know, over time, you will not lose your erection. Hey, your books are on, uh, where can everybody find your book so I can plug that at the end? Wherever fine books are sold. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon, Google, Apple, Barnes & Noble, you name it. And, oh, here's a really good one. This is the first gay sex guide on Audible. Oh, yes. I have Audible. <laughs> You can awesome. listen to how to get rammed in the car. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your way to work. <laughs> okay, well, um, I know that you have to go. So thank you so much for rescheduling with us and getting this information out. Uh, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was, it was a true pleasure. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Not a problem at all. All right. You guys take care. All right. Bye-bye.